Welcome to Simper Sometimes with Benny. So I just wanted to start this episode off um, just giving you guys an understanding of what's going on here. So uh, me and Quay talk about some different things that he dealt with in life and uh, on recruiting duty. Talk about the type of person that he is and we talk about the Quay way. Um, and I really just, the reason why I'm doing this before you guys listen to this episode, um, is I need everybody to understand that stuff that you're going to hear through this episode, just because I'm interviewing somebody does not mean that I condone what happened. Doesn't mean that I'm saying that someone else should do this. I'm just simply getting a Marine story out there and we're talking about it. Okay. Um, so there are some things that we get into on this co- on this episode. Um, we just talk about a Marine in his life, man. Um, so just understand that I'm not saying that I agree with what he did. I'm not saying that I don't agree with what he did. Um, every one of us have our own interpretations and we can sit here and say that, you know, we would have done things differently. But guess what? You weren't in his shoes and you never will be in his shoes. Um, and he can't go back into life and whatever. So just understand that. The whole purpose of this episode was really just to talk to a Marine about his life and how things happened for him. Um, so without further ado, here's the episode. Evening, I have Quay with us. Um, so real quick, just to throw throw this out there, um, me and Quay are doing this over, over Anchor. Um, so we are not in the same room, actually not even talking face-to-face on like Zoom or anything like that. Um, and we've never met each other. Um, simply what happened was I put my my podcast out there on a Facebook group, um, of recruiters. Um, and I invited anybody out that wanted to be out. Um, and he hit me up like, Hey bro, I got some stuff I want to talk about that. I think I could, that would be able to help out that next recruiter going out on the streets or that recruiter who's out there right now. Um, so again, I've never met Quay. Um, I don't know anything about him. So everything that we talk about right now is literally going to be fresh to my ears. So the authenticity is there. Um, so without further ado, Quay, what's going on, man? What's up, dog? What's up, man? What's up, man? <laughs> so, um, so Quay, where where are you from? Where where do you where were you born and raised? Where'd you grow up? So I'm from the I'm from the east side of Atlanta, Georgia. Man, like I was a I was a hothead growing up. Made some made some rough, not not very choice decisions. But you know, I came out on top. Um, high school parent, bro. I took the ASVAB a couple times. I reached out to a recruiter. A recruiter stood me up. Set the appointment, stood me up at this time. I think I had a 40 on the ASVAB. And uh, my actual recruiter called me one day. I was pushing a stroller about a mile and a half to the house because I used to have to ride the bus. And, um, and shoot, man, he called me, started asking me the I come back V questions going down the list. And I cut him off. I was like, hey, man, look, I already answered these questions. If you really want to talk to me, I graduated in a couple of days. Come see me at graduation practice. It's tomorrow. And, and he showed up made it happen he he put in the waiver because i was a kid with a kid like he like he did the worst he bought my my birth certificate took a chance on me bro and um and gave me a gave me a shot at it and, and i told him if you gave me a shot man i went on i was gonna go all the way with it <laughs> okay. fast forward 10 years later bro yeah okay so how long um so this so how did that make you feel like just kind of talking about that man because i've had that same thing happen you know what i mean i've had you know, kids that I worked or I shouldn't say kids, but young men that I worked with, you know, that um, 
that they had like three or four recruiters before me and just because they were a waiver or just because something like that, people just dropped them. You know, how? so how did it feel having this guy actually reach out to you and actually get that shit done for you? Man, uh, I, I, I owe a lot to him. Do you still talk? Do you still talk to him? Of course, that's that's my dog. That's, that's my dog, bro. <laughs> no I, doubt, no doubt. I owe a lot to him. I mean, like okay. I say, he he took a chance out on me. It, so, I, you 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 had said that that you had already talked to other recruiters. You had asked the and and also so just so we get this out there. Um, some people don't know what I combat V is, right? So, um, very simply, what it is is implants, um, implants. Plate counseling, yeah, uh, shit, man, it's been a minute. Um, <laughs> implants, counseling, operations, medical conditions, ADD, ADHD, um, tattoos, piercing, stuff like that, and then vision, right? So essentially, what that is is it's just a clear, quick way for us to just find out real quick, like, hey, is this kid qualified, and is he someone that we can work with to get him into the Marine Corps, right? Um, so you, so back to my question. So you met, you know, a couple of recruiters, but my question to you is. So did you did you seek them out or did they seek you out? Like how did that whole thing happen? And then my real question also is why did you join the Marine Corps inevitably? Like what was your reason for joining? Man, so so I did seek them out, but it was more or less like I said I was a high school parent just trying to figure things out, you know, trying to play uh pave a way. And uh, I so I I seek them out. You know, you make the phone calls, you take the ASVAB, you take the mm-hmm. SAT, the ACTs, like you start preparing for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know when I, when I call, you know, I I I talked to the dude. I talked to the Air Force first. And just I'm put this out there. I talked to the Air Force first, and they told me just flat out like you disqualified because you're a kid with a kid. Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't take single parents. And even though my my baby mom's my wife, that's my wife now. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was she was cool with everything. We just weren't married. Like we we weren't hip to what what, what got we you. So you didn't so you didn't have like the court did the court documents and all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. We have none of that. Got you. And um, like like I could say he just he took a chance. I when I remember the day like it was yesterday, bro. He just he picked up the phone and called. He's you know, like he was just making telephone calls. You can tell he was just making telephone calls. Yeah, yeah. He, he called me, and you know how when you call a call a, a kid and a young man or woman, right? You call them, and and they just catch you off guard and 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 just start talking to you and get straight mm-hmm. with it. And and he set the appointment and and the whole nine, man. The, Word. Yeah, man. It was. I, I can I can say, man, I, I got to shoot this episode to him when when we done. <laughs> but because he got to hear it, man. I'm just so appreciative. Yeah. Bro, and that's the thing, man. That's one thing that I loved about being a recruiter, you know, being a recruiter for four years, um, was having that opportunity to change people's lives, especially the people who said they would never do it or the parents who were like, no, nah, that's not for my kid or whatever. So being able to be that change. like I still talk to my recruiter once in a blue moon. So And a lot of the kids I, I, I put in the ring for, I still talk to. Um, so tell us a little bit about your time, man, on, on recruiting duty. Did you... Did you just and just kind of just so I give a, a reason that out there just kind of understand people understand what I'm trying to do here. Right. So um, a lot of people and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Quay, but a lot of people when like when you find out you're going on recruiting duty, all you start hearing is these horror stories. Mm-hmm. It took my family. It took this. It took that. I lost my rank because of it or this, this and the third. And a lot of times you really don't have any good stories. Um so one of the things that I'm trying to do is, you know, if there are good stories out there, which there are, get those out there. But 
what I'm mainly trying to do here is there's Marines out there who are on the streets right now yeah, who, who don't know how to do the job to the best of their ability. And sometimes it, it takes you up to two and a half to three years by the time you're done to finally realize, oh, crap, I could have been done doing something different, right? So really yeah. what I'm trying to do here is that, you know, we're going to talk about if you had any kind of issues while out there um, and then talk about things that maybe you would have done differently. Maybe, you know, if you had issues with any kind of alcoholism or anything like that, I really just want to hear your story, the raw version of it. And, and you know, and also just get an understanding of like, you know, was there anyone out there who was helping you? So can you just kind of tell us, number one, how did you find out you were going on recruiting duty? Like, was it, did you get histed, um, like volunteered, or did you volunteer yourself? Like, what yeah, happened with that? Yeah, bro, so I got you. Um, 2016, two, oh, go back, go back. 2015, I was promoted to sergeant. Okay. 2016, I got into it with one of my corporals. I got into it with a sergeant that was friends with one of the corporals that worked for me directly and, and that particular corporal ended up saying some really disrespectful jump and wanted to go behind closed doors bro so i stooped down to his level it didn't work out too well for him and fast forward that turned to turn into njp number one so njp number one happened called a assault charge I, the, the, the day the NJP happened, I walked out the room. I turned to my first horn and said, you're going to let me go to this martial arts instructor's course? And he was like, man, I'm going to let you go get whatever you want. Just go get it. And and the comeback was just, it was on fire, bro. So I went and got my martial arts instructor tab after catching an assault charge in the Marine Corps. <laughs> I, man, I'm a cook by trade. So okay. I, 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 I cook for the general. Bro, I, I did everything under the sun. I managed the money. I worked on watch, man. I I instructed class after class after class until a, around that year mark of, of my restriction period when it came time for me to get promoted. Coming up around that time, I had a, a a gunny that our stories were similar and same. Like he's a couple, he's a lot of years ahead of me, but the same thing happened to him. He got demoted, got promoted, and became a drill instructor. I got demoted. Pro, pro, I got demoted. Well. He took a chance, and again, everybody take a chance out of me. He took a chance, and he put me in front of, like, Lance Corpus and let me teach a Lance Corpus seminar. I was like, dog, you got it. And and I got promoted again, and they just let me instruct, instruct, instruct. Mm-hmm. Coming up around, like, Christmas time, 2016, my staff sergeant looked at me. He said, man, that's what recovery in the Marine Corps looks like. And I kind of gave him the look like, like, man, whatever, leave me alone. Like go on, go on with that because I had a package in to go to ANS for Marsoc. You know, what I mean, I man, I was in some of the best shape of my life. I was running, I was swimming, mm-hmm. I was I was getting with it. Yeah, yeah. This was maybe like a, about a month before I was supposed to go to ANS. He was like, Nah, for real, bro. Like, let's go put in the recruiter package. And I was like, Man, whatever. Like, leave me alone with that. He was like, <laughs> and so he drugged me across the street. I was on. I was in Okinawa at the time, and Fa- if you know Foster, Count Foster. No, I've never been over there, but I heard of it. So the mess hall is right across the street from my battalion. Right, walked right to the battalion. He made me get the recruiter package. I put it in. I, I did the whole nine. Filled it out. Did the whole nine. And I just forgot about it. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, get it. Like I'm, I'm gonna get selected when I go to ANS. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the grind. So I went to ANS. I didn't make it all the way through. Uh, I should have traded water a lot, a lot more, but you know when 
like that BRC, uh, the recon course, Marsoc course, all that stuff. Anybody that's going to go, like, swim, swim, swim. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't make it all the way through, end up coming back. And I, and I was like, hey, I want to go back to ANS. Hey, what, what Marine divisions you have on the East Coast? Like, because my plan was to come to the East Coast, go get my instructor trainer tab as a martial arts instructor, put me in better shape, and go right back to ANS and get selected. Well, that monitor gave me the orders that I wanted, and I had, I want to say, about four months to execute. The monitors did a, sw- a swap out, and the monitor that was that was incoming was my gunny that put me on my deployment back in 2013. So he got a hold of my package and called me, cussed me out, and was like, well, I got some good news for you. You're going to go be a recruiter. <laughs> I kind of like, <laughs> I, it was it was a shock. In, in my mind, I'm like, like, nah. Because like, but that ain't good news. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, I was like, it, it was one of them conversations where I couldn't tell them no because if I would have told them no, it would just been like, well, go commit career suicide. Like, you're not coming back from that. Yeah. And so, uh, fast forward 2018, I went to recruiting recruiting duty. I got the RS, the RS, the RSS, and the boss that I wanted to work for. I ended up working for my boy who we came up in the Marine Corps together. Oh, like, shit, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and yes and no. Never work for your friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It, it is hard, bro. Especially, like, for me, like, it, like, uh, and again, this is something, you know, you learn as you go. So yeah. differently, you know, and and the worst thing is I, I was actually having this conversation with my boy the other day um, after he heard one of my podcasts. And he was like, bro, I told you so. And I was like, listen, Gunny. I was like, I know you told me so, but guess what? I was a staff sergeant who didn't want to listen to a gunny and I wanted to learn on my own. And that's unfortunately, <laughs> that's unfortunately, that's how I learned. Like I have to, I have to live through it on my own. And no matter how much you tell me, I got to live through it. I got to make my own mistakes. I, it sucks, but that's just who I am. That's how I've kind of always been. Um, and, you know, so for me, like I actually ended up just a little bit of my background. I don't know this, but. So I was the recru- I was a heavy recruiter um, in an RSS here in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and then they made they they wanted my old my first CO wanted me to go to another RSS just to kind of help them out before I became a staff in COIC because that was the plan from the jump. Um, so he was like, "Hey, I want you to go over to this RSS, right?" So I literally went to this RSS. I helped them out, worked with them for a couple of months, wrote literally for like a month and a half. I wrote like five or six, maybe eight contracts in like two months. And then they made me a boss. They sent me to the course, right? And um, eventually, I ended up going back to the recruiting station that I came from. And now I was the boss of my best friends. So, like, I, I like literally, like, I was oh, my best friend. Yeah. So, like, and I, and and dudes that I recruited on, um, recruited with, right? So it was like you said, it's kind of hard because now not only am I a staff sergeant and they're not, but now I got to be their boss gotta kind of and and my problem is like i'm a huge friend to people right mm-hmm. and and the type of person that i am is that like i forgive i forgive i forgive and then for really what was going on with me was that i got so caught up like if i ever get the chance to be a staff in cyc again which is you know my, my goal uh, the things are going to be done a lot differently because i got so caught up in the training and so caught up in the being a recruiter that I really never, I don't want to say I never switched to the role of staff in COIC, but I caught, I got caught up with so much more of being out there doing the training, being on the streets, 
that a lot of the staff at CUSC, things that were on my shoulders, I didn't pay enough attention to. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And, and then being their friend, it was like, bro, you got to also show them that you are their leader and that you are in charge of them. So I, I just got I realized throughout my time. Now, mind you, I was successful with them. You know, I was successful with them, with them for nine straight months and then we missed mission one time. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I took a station that was failing for 10 straight months and then made mission for nine straight months. So, you know, but I believe, you know, that if I had done things maybe a little bit differently, if I had, you know, kind of, you know, taken more of the like, hey, like the, I guess like the separation type thing, you know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah, I'm I am your boss. We are friends. We are family. But hey, at this moment right now, like we got to we got to remember that and maintain that. But um, but so you so you become so you go to this office, you become boys with this dude. Well, he is your boy. So now he's your boss. So how does that go? Man, so it, it it starts out it starts out well, man. Um, like he's on he's on my butt, but keep in mind we can't we came up in the Marine Corps together. Like we had been to every duty station together. Oh wow! I I, I actually ended up like he, the night that I ended up talking to the monitor, he picked up the phone and called me and told me to call the monitor. So that's that's how like that's how tight we are, man. Mm-hmm. It it was it was good for a minute, like phenomenal phenomenal marine that that's that's my brother to this day like we should we actually talked earlier today but <laughs> phenomenal marine great leader phenomenal recruiter absolutely awful staff in coic <laughs> oh damn really okay so <laughs> so what do you um but, so what do you mean what do you mean by that like what tell us a little bit about that like why like you just, feel that way just management skills you know do as i say not as i do mm. um I want to say, but in a little too often when we had the opportunity to be ahead, and a, a lot of it really wasn't him. It was just the team that we were with, and when it came to pushing everybody else, like I said, he stayed on my butt when it came to prospecting, doing my McChris. Like he just he stayed on me when it came to all of that, just numbers, 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 volume prospecting, AC, mm-hmm. AC, AC. Talk to everybody, TC, TC, TC. Talk to everybody. Like mm-hmm. get up in the high schools, going to going to schools that no one wants to go into, that are closed off, and make them open. Like he yeah, made yeah. Him do that. When it came to the other recruiters, he was like that, but they bucked on him. And and again, like this is a close friend of mine. It's just at the time we were still learning how to talk to people. Uh-huh. Like we we come from. We we cooks man at Chaha get real dark, so it get we real aggressive when it comes to dealing with stuff. And man, he's the marine that that first brought the concept to me. You can lead a horse to to water, like fuck that, dunk their head in the water and make them drink. Like that yeah. he brought he brought that to the table, and so we would we would drown the marines, but they would win from it. They they would win. They they would go win the boards and all that stuff. Gotcha. Um, so when it came to dealing with the other recruiters, like. One of them bucked on him, and and that it it turned it turned real sour. And I would come at him, and I'd be like, "Bro, like you can't do that. Like you you talking to them crazy, and you talking to people crazy, bro. Like people don't respond like that. You you tell me all the time is is when you can get people to say yes with your words. Like that's that's when the the real that's when you get dangerous with it. Uh-huh. Like, look, look how you coming at us, and um just just to get into the, the a little bit of it like that a uh, one particular recruiter ended up calling the sergeant major on us and and it, it just it things got bad from there 
it got bad, bro, because we would get into it about what what we had to do when it came to dealing with the pool. You you know, it, it it's not just contracting and shipping. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting into the role where I was watching everything that he was. I was watching his job harder than he was watching his job. Mm-hmm. And I would look at him and be like, bro, man, like, like that kid, who is this kid? Like that kid is going to disappear in a minute. This, this kid, I haven't seen this kid at all. Or, or he'll be like, Hey dog, go out there and help them. Like go help them take care of their kids. And, and, and you know how that is, man. It's, it's just like, not only do you got to do your prospect, not only do you got to take care of your side of the pool, your sector, um, go in your area and, and do the necessary things, but you asked me to help another recruiter do their stuff that they're supposed to be doing that. And, and I kind of bucked on them when it came to that stuff because I was like, mm-hmm. bro, I'm tired, man. I got bro, and, yeah, and that's um, and, and talking about that, man, is exactly you got your own wife and kid at home, you got your own things going on, right? And yeah. um, it's something that you know, another thing that I'm really trying to just bring awareness to is because people don't fucking talk about it, bro. If there was an off, and I've never seen this, I've heard people say that it exists, but I personally have never seen it, bro. If there was an office of five recruiters who literally all five of them just worked in unison, mm-hmm. then 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 Marine Corps recruiting duty would be so much freaking different. Oh, like 100%. Think, and 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 the way that I explain it, like I'm not an infantryman, I don't know nothing about being an infantryman, but the way that I explain it to people is this: you have a fire team of Marines who go mm-hmm. out on on a patrol. If one of those Marines drops his pack, drops something, has to it, it gets gets shot, gets hurt, whatever the case may may be. Now what do you got to do? You have to fire him and carry that guy on your back, and then you have to hold his gear. So, if you're in an office of four or five Marines and not everybody's holding their weight, then it's the exact same thing. So instead of me having the productivity, like I knew for a fact that I can, I was talking to a dude the other day, bro. Um, I've been off recruiting duty for like six months now, right? Mm-hmm. I straight out, I haven't made a tea of phone call in six to seven months. I straight out told this dude, I was like, bro, I bet my paycheck right now that if I came to your office, I would get two same days. And I was like, bro, I'm serious. I'm not even playing. But the reason why I say that isn't because I'm saying I'm the best or anything like that. It's because I just believe in myself that much. And the thing is, is that I knew that I could write two or four a month. But I would, I have this conversation with my wife all the time. Bro, if I'm expected to write two a month and I write four, right? I wrote eight bats, right? So I wrote, um, you know, I wrote four eight times. Mm-hmm. Realistically, that's only eight months. That could have been 16 months of my career that I could have yeah. just chilled. But yep. instead, I never had the luxury like that Facebook status that with that Facebook group we're on. We got people talking about buckets. I'm like, what the hell is a bucket? I ain't, mine must have had a hole. Yeah, like, I put, I, I, I put it out on, on the table every time, every month. Exactly. Every, every every month, my boss would come to me. Hey, what do you have for tomorrow? Hey, what do you have for tomorrow? I would write like now, mind you, when I was the boss, you know, and the craziest thing is that you say that you're like, oh, I'll never do that when I'm a staff in CIC. And then you become a staff in COIC, and that I did it, man. You know, my boy, um, we were gonna miss mission, and my boy ended up writing six in one month, and and then this dude wrote six in one month, and guess what I did on March first? I asked him, hey, bro, we got. He was like, bro, are you serious? I was like, yo, I never, I never thought I'd be here, but guess what? Your boys in the office aren't doing their job, so I gotta keep asking from you, and that and that's the thing, man, is that when nobody wants to hold up their end of the bargain then somebody else got to do it. And, you know, like this right now, I'm not going to say his name, but there's a recruiter on the duty right now 
who's been on the duty for a whole year, and he wrote two contracts in a freaking year, bro. No third. Like, but do you know what the craziest thing is? Nothing's happening to the dude. That, that bro, that's the frustration behind my time on recruiting duty was that that is that same thing. Like, dudes weren't held to the fire that I was mm-hmm. held to. Um, yeah. So how did that make you feel? Like, like if you don't mind me asking, like, how did that make you feel? And what do you and 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 if you can explain that, what do you mean? Like, what kind of fire were you held to? What expectation were you held to? And then why weren't they? Like, I was I was held to the standard that I was held to a higher standard, and and, and that's what you know friends are supposed to do for each other. Like, we we hold each other to the fire. But when I say he held me to it, like I. I get cussed out. I would get cussed out like about eight times a day, but it was, I was giving it a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And my boy would come and say, nah, dog, I need 120. I'd be like, man, you, you ain't demanding 120 for them. He's like, man, they don't understand the concept of leadership. They don't have the influence. They don't walk into the room the way you do, bro. I need that from you because these kids, they look at you. They want to be Marines because of you. This this recruiter kids look at you. This recruiter kids look at you. This recruiter kids look at you. Yeah, and it was it was just. So what do you what do you think that it was like? What do you think that it was that was besides the fact that y'all being boys right and you guys coming up together right on the come up? But what do you think it was that these? Because at the end of the day, bro, and I say this all the time too. At the end of the day, you're in an office with other Marines. They're mm-hmm. other sergeants. So like to me, it, I'm a reservist, but it, it, which doesn't matter, but. I've always hated the fact that I'm like, bro, you're a goddamn mother effing sergeant. Nine times out of ten, it's like you don't really have that dude who's been on the Marine Corps four years. So nine times out of ten, you got a senior sergeant who's about to be a staff sergeant. So you've got ten years of experience and leadership, bro. And and for me, I just never understood it because for me, right? And I yeah. and I always used to say this to my recruiters, right? If you if you sat in front of a group of Lance Corporals right now, could you give a class? Absolutely. Of course you could. Mm-hmm. You could sit in front of Lance Corporals and give a class about, about the Marine Corps, and you wouldn't bat an eye. You would joke. You would laugh. You would do all this stuff. But then all of a sudden, I put you in front of a room of freaking strangers, and now you can't publicly speak. Bro, you, you're – and that's one thing I never understood because, bro, at the end of the day – and the reason why I bring this up, like I'm a reservist, is because, bro, at the end of the day, you're an active duty Marine who does this 24-7, seven days a week. 365 days a year and some of y'all been doing this shit for 10 years so how the fuck can't you talk about it like how can you how can you not talk about leadership when you're a leader how can you not talk about technical skills when bitch you use technical skills every day like how the fuck like to me it's just mind-boggling because if you if you were to look at that same marine in his mos that dude might be a rock star. Like, but now all of a sudden this dude get told to make some phone calls and the dude's like a freaking paraplegic. He's like, Duh. like it's like, bro, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? So, so my question really for you is like, what do you think it was that besides the fact that him being more lax with them, but what do you think it was that these guys were lacking? And then what do you think you could have done better to maybe help the situation? Mm. They didn't come from the side of the Marine Corps where, like, the leaders that we had were aggressive with us, just straight across the board, like across the board. Like I, like I said, I came in 2011, man. Like the end of OEF, OIF. So my corporals, my sergeants were had already been to Afghan. 
Iraq two, three times. Like they were stacked up, like in to put it in context. I told myself I wasn't gonna be a two ribbon corporal. Yeah. <laughs> and and because it, it just it was not only was it frowned down upon, like they just they didn't respect that. Like it you had to they demanded that of us. So they were aggressive with us when it came to everything. Now the Marines that I worked in the office with, like they didn't they they didn't get that. Like it's mm. they they didn't so you think so you think a part of it was just kind of just coming from different backgrounds in the Marine Corps yeah. and also just having different a hundred percent. Okay. I get 100%. that because you know what? That makes sense. You know, I never really thought about it like that because uh, you know, a, a lot of what, you know, my boy, I, I'll just say Mike, you know, my boy Big Mike, um, the reason why I am the way that I am is because Brad dude used to freaking not 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 literally, but figuratively used to beat the fuck out of me. And what I mean by that. It's like, if you ask my wife, man, and that's why, like, when I was on recruiting duty and I heard bitches say, try. When I hear somebody say, oh, well, I tried, try, nah, shut, nah. bro, shut the fuck up. If you if you had a whole bunch of freaking meat to throw on a barbecue and then you stood in front of the barbecue and did, you didn't turn the propane on, but then I ask you for a burger and you're like, bro, I tried, it didn't work. Does it matter that you tried? No, bitch, it doesn't matter, right? And the reason why I say that is because, like, my bro, I was a Lance Corporal on recruiter's assistance, bro, right? And my boy at the time was a gunny. This dude literally would tell me, even though I was a recruiter's assistant, I wasn't even a recruiter. He would tell me, you're not going home until you got two appointments for tomorrow. Because he knew that, uh, that I wanted to be a recruiter one day. So he literally would tell me, listen, bro, you're not going home. And then he would go home. And then he would tell me, hey, listen, go to Lowe's. They don't, they don't close till 11. Go to freaking Walmart. They're 24 hours. And then he would say, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, when you finally got something, give me a call. And no lie, I would be out as a Lance Corporal, 19, 20 years old, out on the street with my freaking staff sergeant. And this dude, me and him, would be out there all night. I had to be at work tomorrow. I had to do all these things. And it's just crazy because of the simple fact of that it's just so different. You know what I mean? So that ended up making me the recruiter that I was in the staff. And so I see that I was because he literally would be like, listen, bro, if you ain't got nothing for tomorrow, you're not going home. Now, mind you, he would still, you know, eventually he, he would still do the training. He would still teach you. He would, you know, so it wasn't like he wasn't, you know, giving you the opportunity to better yourself. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it was like, listen, bro, this is what you're going to do. And this is how you're going to do it. And you're not going to go home until you have something. But now you got these recruiters like I saw these dudes last night on my Instagram freaking celebrating the the fact they were just celebrating. And I, I hit the dude up. I was like, what the fuck y'all celebrating for? Y'all haven't made mission in 10 months. The fuck you celebrating for? Oh, we're about to. Bitch, what the fuck does that mean? We're about to. Yeah. Like, like to me, it's like, and that's the thing is that you don't have this mentality, bro. You're a, you've been a loser for 10 months and now you're going to go celebrate, celebrate what? So like, and, and that's what I'm saying. So it kind of sounds like a, a lot of what you're, what you're saying is that you came from a background of winners and people that were like, listen, you're going to work hard as fuck because you're going to win. And as, every, as a cook, bro, as a cook going to Afghanistan, they say you could be potentially feeding somebody your, their last meal. Mm. So you better you give it a hundred and ten. Like mm. it, it's it's no it's no can it's no if it's no try. You go fucking make it happen. You go do it regardless of the situation because what you do you increase or decrease morale. Mm. You control you control the flow oh. of whether that yeah. that, that yeah. freaking lance corporal that sergeant is gonna go out there 
either kicking rocks or accidentally step on the IED. So they ingrained that into us from the jump. Okay. Bro, I, I, I took that and I applied it to life, man. Like mm. I, that's and, and that's how I handle business from the jump, man. Like the 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 kind of get off subject a little bit. I tell my wife, man, we don't get the the and not when you gotta pay bills, not when you got little ones that didn't ask to come into this world. Like mm. and I mm. and, and I took that concept, man, and applied it to recruiting duty. Like when it came to everything, even though and I'm I'm gonna put it, I, I didn't successfully complete the tour. I only made it a year and a half. Like I only made it halfway. But when it came, when I put, bro, I put it all on the line. I I did a lot of wrong things for the right reasons. I I shoot, man. I I got kids an opportunity. I, I did exactly what my what my recruiter did for me. I got them an opportunity. I got them a shot. And, and some of yeah. that backfired in my face, but at the same time, like I remember looking at the other recruiters, like to y'all, y'all might not. I look at it as if these kids that whipping into the Marine Corps one day. My oldest, my oldest daughter, in uh-huh. eight years, right, she might join the Marine Corps. In eight yeah, years, yeah. these kids that we're putting in the Marine Corps is going to be in charge of my kid one day because she might buck on me and say, hey, I want to join the Marine Corps. I'd be like, all right, go do, go do your thing. Yeah. How would it make you feel to know that you put a, a shitty product that's going to be in charge of your child one day bro, and something happens? Bro. And, and, and that's, that's the result. Bro, you're not wrong, man. And, and it's crazy that you say that because – um, I'm gonna tell the story, but I gotta I gotta kind of be careful how I tell it, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, so and and the, and the reason why I'm telling the story because it's exactly what you're saying, exactly what I was was what happened, right? So I'm on baby leave, and I hit this kid up. Uh, my son's being my my son was just born. Um, no, no, no. I was my wife was in the hospital, and um, I hit this kid up. And the kid's like, yeah, I'll come in the office. Yeah, I'll do this. I'll do that. And um, kid come in the office. But I'm not I'm not there. So I just tell him, I tell my boss, I'm like, hey, man, you know, do me a favor and, you know, get this kid, right? And this kid had issues, right? Nothing we, nothing wrong with the kid, right? But you could just tell that there might be things that this kid was hiding from us, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we, you know, we did everything by the book. Um, but I just didn't. I didn't feel right that my name like this. I just didn't want this kid in the Marine Corps. Um, and lo and behold, I thought this kid was gone. You know what I mean? And then I find out that while I'm on baby leave, that this kid joined the Marine Corps. This kid left for boot camp. And not only did all those things happen, but because I did all the paperwork while I was on leave, this dude went to boot camp with my name on him. Now, mind you, this kid is no longer in the Marine Corps. He's out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. So the, the so and 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 the thing that I'm saying is like what you say is like it's so true because and now mind you, there's so many times where you got to go what you got into. You, I, I get it. You got to make contracting. You got to make shipping. All those yeah. things. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, it's like I tell people like you're you're putting a product into the military that is. The, again, and it's not, and that's the worst part is you can't even use the word product because it's a fucking human being. You know what I mean? It's not an okay. item. It's not a. It's not a pocketbook, right? So, but but the but the reality of it is, like you said, is that like you have to look at it like that. If I'm gonna put this dude or this girl in the Marine Corps, am I going to one day be okay with them being on my left and my right? And you know, I can say with most like out of 57 people that I had that shipped to boot camp. I can say like there's only like one or two that I was like, eh, but 
you know, there were many of them that I thought were going to be killers, that I thought were going to be badass dudes, that I thought were going to be great Marines, and they fucking lied to me. And now they're shitbags who either got kicked out of the Marine Corps. So that's why it's such a hard job because, you know, you can't tell the future. You don't know if, you know, you're going to put this kid in who actually lied to you for all this time about doing drugs and shit, but you thought he was clean. You know what I mean? So it's like, but I understand what you're saying because, you know, I never thought about it like that. I, I never, I'm glad you said that because I never thought about that. So for that recruiter out there who's on the duty right now or going to a duty, think about what he just said, man. You're going to one day have a kid who that might, that Marine that you just put in the Marine Corps might be there, might be in charge of them or might end up being their recruiter or something like that. So you got to think about that. Like we're putting the people that we're putting into the Marine Corps, it needs to mean something to us. You know, and and not to go off on a tangent, but that's why I've always been the person to bug out on people when they sell the reserve program, because it's like, bro, if you don't know what you're talking about, then then call somebody who knows what they're talking about, because the worst thing you can ever do is talk about the reserve program and not know what it is. And then parents or people are like, hey, they can do this, this and this. And you're like, yeah, of course they can. Because I'm living through this right now. I went back to the reserves after I got I got off of active duty, and here I am, and I got all these lance corporals coming up to me, and they're like, "Oh, staff sergeant, you were a recruiter, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" Well, my recruiter told me this, this, and this. I'm like, "Bro, that's not true." I'm like, "That's that's not true. You can't do that." And they're like, "Well, or or oh, I'm gonna get this, nah, bro, that's not true." Or like, "Oh, was it there?" You know. So so many people because and again, this isn't bashing active duty or bashing. Nah, active nah. But the problem is, is that people, because active duty Marines are active duty Marines, they just don't know enough product knowledge about the reserves and nobody gives it to them. Hold on, brother. Because- so let, let me get, let me give you to it like this. Uh huh. Because you, you asked me if I could do something over again, what would I do? I yeah. would be a reservist. A hundred percent. Oh, really? Really? If, if, if knowing what I know right now, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would be a reservist. And here's why. They, okay, have tell me. they have something that most active duty Marines don't have. Mm. Ownership of their time. That's yeah. it. That, that's it, man. And, and 86,400 seconds in a day. And this is so serious to me, bro, because they have ownership of their time. They give one weekend a month, two weeks out of the summer, mix and match play. I, I put, I have two Marines that, that, are, that are active reservists right now. Two of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I I stay on their butts, but my biggest thing to them is you have time. You have time to go to college. You have time to work towards a six-figure career. You have time. Like, the Marine Corps is secondary. Like, you have time to put yourself in the position to become an officer, to make the decisions, not just enforce the decisions that somebody else make for you. Like, you have time to learn how to think outside the box. Bro, mm. you, have, you have time. Most active-duty Marines, like, that, they get so caught up and intertwined with what's going on that they – one, forget why they joined the Marine Corps, or two, like somebody's playing with their time. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. what they actually joined to do, they don't they don't accomplish or they get sidetracked and they like fuck that. Oh, it's depressing, and they forget to utilize their time, right? Cause you cause the the to talk about what I'm doing right now, I'm a real estate agent that got his real estate license while active duty because I, I utilized the Marine Corps time when they gave it to me. That's awesome, bro. So um, before we before we move into um you know yeah, what yeah. you're doing now yeah. um and I know we kind of went off but that's that's the whole point of this man nah, nah, I, nah, I, that's, 
this that I just want this to be like an open conversation where we're really just going off on it and just talking. Bro, right. That's um, that's what when when Marines get so sidetracked and, and and lost in if I could sell the reserves again to a young man, a woman, bro, you got your time. That's something yeah, that yeah. you don't get back regardless because the Marine Corps is temporary. Whether you do four, whether you do forty, like you still got to go at some yeah, point. Yeah. It's not, it's not forever. It's, it's even if you do decide to retire or whatever, and we can go into this whole new retirement system, like how how that's a joke. Like I, I'm not gonna bash it, but it's, it's just it's not it, right? But regardless, you got time to mm-hmm. apply to yourself. You got time to the look at the Marine Corps. That when you when I say the left side, right side, the left side being the Marine Corps, the right side being you. Right, look at you just as as a big of an organization as the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and people don't really focus on that. People don't really focus on them. They, yeah, I right. As, as an active duty Marine, bro, I watch people give their lives to the to the Marine Corps, and then get spit in the face on the on the on the door out. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. They they lose they lose their families, bro. I'm so blessed to still have my family after after ten years of doing this, bro. Like, yeah, and so and, um. Go so ahead. if you if so if you don't mind me asking, man. So while you so you said you didn't finish the duty, um, you didn't finish your tour. So what what was so what are some of the things that you you know you struggled with while you were on the duty? Like, is there anything that you kind of struggled with that you can share with us? Anything that you you know had to deal with or battle with while on the duty? Anger, bro. Anger. <laughs> like like. <laughs> Most most some people deal with alcoholism. Some people deal with depression, bro. I I wake up and I choose violence. <laughs> I laugh about it now, but at the time living through it, bro, I just I woke up and I, I chose to be angry about the things that were going on and how my team was was dealing with things, the choices that we were making collectively. Because the mission was four, where I was, would turn to a mission of 12 because other recruiters weren't taking care of their kids. And we got discharges that we have and we getting mm-hmm. called out on it. So we taking them discharges and, and that month where where we making it turns in, they tacking on discharges. Oh, tack on two, tack on three, tack on four. Oh, yep. Yeah, we got to make ship now. So for me, like my frustration came when when it came to the ship side where my boy my staff in CRC, my boss, my, my best friend, hell, would say, hey, bro, I need one of your kids to go to boot camp. And I'd be like, dog, I'm eating off them, man. Like, they bringing me the contracts. Like, what you? He'd be like, dog, I need them to go to boot camp. Like, they all belong to me. I need them to go to boot camp because this kid not going. I'd be like, That's, that shit sound like one of their problems right there. Like, <laughs> yo, like, yo, real quick, I got to interrupt you, bro. So my boy, my boy, um, my boy, um, Fuck, I don't want to say his name, but my boy, he uh, he's this big, this big old, this big old uh, African American dude, funniest dude you ever meet in life. I love him as a man, but as a marine and as a recruiter, eh. but he's still my boy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he 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 used to when I was his boss, um, we were staff sergeants together. He used to look at me. He bro, he go bro. That sounds like a you problem, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean? And be like, yeah, bro, that, that ain't me. That ain't, nope, nope, nah, that sounds like a you problem, bro. And I'd be like, bro, but yo, he just said shit all the fucking time, bro. Shit was hilarious. But, um, so, all right, so you have anger issues. So, so what happened with that? that? That shit was frustrating, man. I ended up getting, we get, we get into it one day about one of my kids that that's about to go to boot camp filling filling in for some other recruiter's kid that mm-hmm. just up and disappeared and I flip out 
on on, on my boy and his his a gunner had just got promoted to staff sergeant and he had been staff sergeant for about two months or something like that and uh just to paint the picture i got i have more time to service in him but because i got demoted yeah yeah so he 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 jumps in the conversation i look at him and say man you can shut the fuck up too <laughs> so this mm. goes to the master guns the master guns goes to the sergeant major and they do it all hands one day make us come up there in uniform and um after that all hands they made me stay behind and they read me my rights what bro i i, I can't i came after after this i i'll give you the i i'll let you see it for yourself right so they read me my rights um after they read me my rights, they pull me off the streets and then they tell me like I have to go to the RS every day. Well, we're in Texas. This is an hour and a half drive every day to the RS from where mm-hmm. I live at. Man, and I'm talking about I'm like, okay, cool. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Well, while I'm up there, my sergeant major, she was she was good and she, me and her, had we had a real cordial relationship because she beat a court martial back in the day, and um, she would she would tell me she like humble yourself like what you gonna say during the NJP what you gonna say to to the to the CEO I was like sorry major I, I got it like I, I know how to speak I know how to stand up for myself uh-huh. um so fast forward to the to that NJP while out there they do a public NJP and they have the other recruiters watching so if you look at the thread. The, the Marine that comments under my, my comment, he was he was in the room when they were NJPing me. And, um like, outside, you know, they look at it like they did me dirty, which they did because they blamed on the, on the art of the RSS on me because of me and my boys' relationship and how we interacted with each other because I was standing up for other recruiters, because I was standing up for the kids that we were putting in, because I got frustrated because the mission would turn, uh, a mission of four or five would turn into seven or 12 because the other recruiters discharges, like the, the mission would, it, it just like, bro, I would leave my kids to sleep, come home when they would sleep, man. Like I was yeah. missing so much, bro. I just, but they blamed a lot of stuff on me and, and during the NJP, I was being a smart ass. I apologize to the CEO because that's how we, me and her were meeting each other. I apologize to the Sergeant Major because I knew what she had went through. I apologize to my boy because that's my dog through and through, good, bad, right or wrong. But yeah. to the I told shut the fuck up. I said absolutely nothing to. And the Sergeant Major took it how it was intended, as straight disrespect publicly. And uh, they got hyped, and <laughs> they said I was immature. They demoted me again, bro. And, what? Uh, yeah. So, 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 nah, 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 nah. To paint the picture, bro, like that's nothing. Yeah. My, my boy told him. My my boy told him. He was like, "Well, you know, like Curtis is a phenomenal marine. I come up with him. If you take the rank from him, he gonna get it back." Like we told him in the NJP, like I was gonna get it back. I got it back a year later. Uh-huh. <laughs> like so. I've been a sergeant three times, like in mm-hmm. in normal day so, Marine Corps, bro. Like, so let me ahead. let me ask you this, right? So, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get all this in my head, right? Yes. This is, like I said, you know, to everyone listening, like this is the first time I'm hearing this, right? So we're all in the same boat together right now. Yeah. So, so at this moment, you you know, you're in this in this current time, you're actually getting out of the Marine Corps, right? Yeah. How do you 
do you look back at it and you're like, I still did the right thing, or maybe I didn't do the right thing. I could have used different words, but at the end of the day, I was defending the recruiters in the office. I was defending these police, these slash new Marines. Like, do you still like, how do you feel about it now looking back at it? Or do you just not look back at it at all? Like, what do you, like, what is, what does Quay feel right now? Bro, I, I love it, man. My, so to go back, you asked me why I joined the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. I joined the Marine Corps to give a stamp of approval for one day when I become a politician, people will have a reason to vote for me to know that I was a person of the people. Like that's mm. in true, true intent. Like everything that I've done with my career speaks to the person that I am. Like it, it, it's no hiding it. And that's why I'm, 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 I can speak on it and say like, I've been demoted twice. I've been promoted to Sergeant three times. Like regardless of what I was going through, like I fought back just as hard as people, they fought me. Like I just, you know, you recruiting duties, it sucks, man. It's the best, worst thing that ever happened. Because if you would have talked to me before this, like I, I didn't sound like this, dog. But like talking, listening to myself now and, and just my public speaking skills and my, my ability to convey the message and shit, bro. I, I inspire so many Marines above and below me. The ones that have gotten out, just showing them like the grind, man. You determine. You, you you are the ter- determination for yourself, man, and what you do with your life. I just, I look at that and say, I couldn't have done it another way. Because it, it really wouldn't speak to how, who I am. Would it mm. have been nice to put a rocker on? Absolutely, bro. Like, Okay. Have I messed up so much of my money? Absolutely. But, so, but, go ahead, go ahead. So what you're saying is, just like what I'm saying, I want authenticity. So yeah. if you had so if you had done things differently, that wouldn't have been the Quay way. Nah, <laughs> that's what nah. I'm gonna call this episode, bro. I'm gonna call this episode the Quay way. <laughs> it, it, it it really wouldn't have, man. And I, I spoke up, like, and again, if the Marines that that know about the situation, like through the Marines that I live with it through, and they was the li- they they're gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, yep, that's not, that's him, like a hundred percent. But that's me in the passion that I really do care about people, regardless of what I go through. You can't look at what's, what you going, what you got going on. You got to look at where you want to be and, and still map that way out to get there. And that's, bro, that was the one thing that I was preaching to the to the kids that I was putting in the Marine Corps. Mm. So I, I had to take it and apply it to myself. Like I, I told them that I was a high school parent. Uh, people turned their back on me. I come from the east side of Atlanta. I come from that life. Like I, I. I joined the Marine Corps. Like I, man, I, I I've been demoted. Twice. So let me I, let me let me ask you a question because just like from what I'm learning, right? So do you the way that you've been in the Marine Corps, the way the Quay is, right? Like I again, I've never met you, but I yeah, I'm I'm talking to you and I'm kind of just getting this first view of you type thing. So is that just the way that you were raised? Like you had to be this way? Like is this kind of just kind of the upbringing that you had? Like it's it's a, it's, a, it's a mix of all of it, bro. It's a mix of just the upbringing. It's a mix of the leaders that I that I worked with in the Marine Corps because they they were non-negotiable when it came to doing the right thing, even if it was frowned down upon. Like it just like you 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 have you ever been in a room full of Marines and 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 somebody of higher rank is going off and you know they in the wrong, you know they hypocritical, and nobody won't say nothing. Yeah, I'm the one that'll say something. Yeah. Like, 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 point blank, period. Because you can't tell me, 
Like you can't, like you can, yes, you can, but it it, it don't hit. It, it don't it, it won't stick. It, it's it's not influential. It's not this this this. It's not leadership. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. It's a, it's a sense of management because you it's, it's level of of leadership. To tell me to stand because of your position. I'm not standing because I want to. And that, bro, is something that, like, I, I hold near and dear, man. Like, I want, I look at my kids and I want them to stand because of who dad is, not because dad is dad, not because he's telling them. And, yeah. And, and, and any Marine that, that's worked beneath me, any Marine that's, that's worked with me, no, like, I, I, I'll do it for you. Like, I, I, I put it all in the line for, for another person, man. And, and, and just to help somebody, man, just regardless. That to me, that's what it's about. That's what I was told. The Marine Corps was an organization that takes care of their own good, bad, right, or wrong. Like that's that's why. Shoot, like that's that's what I believe the Marine Corps was. So I still believe it is. Like in a sense, it's just you know you need the right people in the right places, and people need to be vocal and, and real with what's going on and and what's what has occurred within the Marine Corps. Um, the the generation. I'm not gonna say they they've gotten softer, but they is it's too lax and yeah it's too lax and it's no account it's low accountability mm. um, so what uh so kind of going off what you're saying i was actually uh so the other day i got a call from one of my master gunnery sergeants um and it's crazy so i met this dude when i was at the staff and suic course he was the head dude of this course right mm-hmm. and um he when the first day of classes he told us hey Every night, I'm going to go sit at the bar, and none of y'all are going to come talk to me. He was like, it happens every class. But I'm the type of dude who where if there's somebody who's, especially someone like a master gunner resource and stature, right? Yeah. I want to be there to pick that dude's brain because at the time, inevitably, I wanted to be him. Mm-hmm. Like one day, you know, one day my, my dream was to become a BRC instructor, a basic recruiter instructor. You know, one day was for me to become a, you know, a CRC, a career recruiter instructor. So like for me that he was the guy who did all of those things. And I wanted to understand how the fuck did you get to where you're at? You mean like, how are you the guy that's sitting at the bar right now, getting free drinks and just chilling right now? Right. So I actually sat down with him and I ended up finding out that he was a reservist too. Um, who ended up going active duty and becoming a recruiter. So hey, I was like, oh, sh- like you really are the guy that I want to be. So when I, when I, before I aired my first recruiting podcast, I'm, I emailed it to him and I was like, listen, I really would appreciate it if you could just listen to this because I want to make sure that I'm doing things the right way because I'm trying to still stay in the Marine Corps. I'm not trying to do anything that's going to be disrespectful yeah, yeah. to anybody. So I was like, I want to make sure I get my left and right lateral limits right. And, you know, it would really mean a lot to me if you could listen to it. So I sent it to him. And uh, he he didn't answer me. So three or four days go by, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, like this dude just didn't listen to it. So then all of a sudden, I'm sitting, I'm I'm at Target, and I get a call from him. I'm like, oh okay. And I was like, you know, like those people that you revere so much, but at the same time you're kind of afraid of. So mm-hmm. I was like, in my head, I'm like, yo, is he either about to blast me and tell me this shit's terrible and I got to get rid of it, or is he about to tell me that this shit's great, right? So he calls me. He starts talking to me. He's like, "Bro, I love what you're doing." He's like, "You, you're." He's like, "A lot of the stuff that you talked about, 
I'm going to use when I do my my going when I do my uh, my guest speech at the CRC course. And he was like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you said really hit me. And he was and he said this one thing. And that's why I'm bringing this up. And he he was like, you know, maybe you'll use it in your podcast one day. Maybe you won't. And, and I want to because it, it makes sense to exactly what you're saying. Right. So he said. You live the legend or you live off of the legend. Mm. So and I asked him to kind of explain to me. So I hope I don't butcher this right. But really what he was saying was you have people who have become this legend and they continue to live it. So like if I'm the guy who wrote eight bats, I can still go to work tomorrow and keep doing it. And I'm not going to forget who I was. And I'm going to continue to be the legend that has been created or I'm going to live off of some legend that ain't fucking true. So someone said all these things about this person, but really that dude never did it. That dude never had a 2.0 recruiting average. That dude never overshipped that dude, whatever, but he's living off of the legend that was created for him. So the reason why I bring this up is because of the idea that it's what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about the fact that, yeah, I have to, but guess what? I own that shit because that's me. That's the Quay way. And, and that's what you're teaching your kids is like, listen, I'm not going to back down from uh, from anything because that's just who I am as a person. And I've made those decisions. And at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to reap what I sow. And and it's really commendable you saying that and you being able to come on here and just talk about that because you don't regret it. Because, again, that's just who you are. And, it, and it's a good thing because you're showing people that you're not going to just, oh, because you're a so-and-so, I have to listen to you. Like, no, man, because that's the problem. Like you just said, so many people just see straight through people, just see straight through you, and people think, oh, everyone likes me. Nah, bro, we, we, we just have to respect you. We have to respect you. We don't want to respect you. We just literally have to. So, you know, that kind of brings me into my other thing is, like, I've had a lot of people, there's something that I came up with in the reserves, right, is – Someone told me, but I can't remember, but someone was like, listen, man, you have to respect the rank, but you don't have to respect the man. And that's the reality of it. There's a lot of people that I only respect because of the fact of the rank that they were they earned. And that's it. So I'll walk up to you and say, hey, what's going on, Master Guns? Good morning. But guess what? When it's just me and you talking, me and you, nah, I don't respect you as a man. I only respect you because I have to. You know what I mean? And and I think that's kind of a lot of what you're talking about is just the fact of that you saw that shit, but you were the person to stand up and say, hey, this ain't right. Is that kind of what, what I'm getting? A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent, man. And just that's 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 something that I saw in the Marine Corps that I, I feel like will become like the downfall is that no one will stand up and speak when it's time to speak. Everybody will moan, groan, bitch, complain behind closed doors. Everybody will say this and that. But when it's time, when you are face-to-face and you have the opportunity, when the star major or the CEO says, anybody got anything for me? And and everyone goes silent. Like that. When when you're in a room full of staff and CEOs, when you're in a room full of sergeants, when, you, when you're in a room full of leadership, supposed to be, and someone and you have the opportunity and someone saying, what's the problem? What do we need to do? And no one won't speak like that's 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 the down. That's the downfall, bro. Just no, me. and you're not and you're not wrong, man, because the huge thing that I've always said and I've never 
again, maybe this is just where I was from, but in the four years that I was on recruiting duty, I never saw this. So in the Marine Corps, we always talk about this beautiful thing called policing your own. And we, we talk about this thing called peer-to-peer leadership, right? Mm-hmm. You know what's one thing I never saw on recruiting duty? None of that. The CO and the XO and all the leaders get the fuck out of the room and let some sergeants talk to some sergeants. Because I tell you right now, if you literally gave the floor to those heavy hitters for a second and let them fucking express the amount of anger they have for those dudes. Like, now, mind you, I agree. Like, they, like at my, where I was at, you know, they we had this one this one guy who called himself Devil Dog, right? And he just called himself, hey, you don't call me Gunny, you call me Devil Dog, right? And when he was there, he had this thing where we sat in APR order. So if you were on a zero... You had a stand. You had a stand or sit in the front of the building, but then people were like, "Oh, well, you can't do that. That's degrading, bro." Okay, well, you know what? Then, then something has to be done because if these guys aren't getting RFC'd, if these guys aren't getting kicked out of the Marine Corps, then guess what? What simply happens is you have people who check into an art to a unit, and they find out very quickly that hold on, that guy hasn't done shit for a year and he's still here. Oh, okay. So that means that I can literally do nothing and I'm not going to go nowhere. Or they realize the other thing. Wait a minute. This guy over here, Bennett, he writes four a month and he still works seven days a week. This guy over here who writes zero, he still works seven days a week. So which one am I? So now the problem, so my thing is, is if you had all these sergeants and all these staff sergeants and no one that had a billet or no one above the rank, if you were not a recruiter, you're out of the room and you let every one of those 8411s just have a conversation about what they're going through, about how they can help each other. Because realistically, and again, I'm not knocking 8412s, I'm not knocking the training. All I'm simply saying is, is that any all the hands I ever been to, what is it? It's like anything else in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Bro, it's, bro, we got to go to all hands, bro. Bro, we got to go watch so-and-so give classes. Bro, we got to go through PowerPoints. No one looks forward to it, right? But if you, but in my personal opinion, if you were to have all of these recruiters in a, in a room, even if it was just for two hours out of the day, to where those all those men and women can just come together and be like, hey, listen, bro, this is where you're effed up. This is where you're effed up. This is how I fixed it. And that's another reason why this is part of what I'm doing and why I want this to happen is because also... You know, I'm not going to. So for me, I'll, I'll just come out and say it, right? So I, I suffered really badly with alcoholism for the first two years that I was on the duty. Like when I tell you, like, there was times and my wife knows this now, but there was like two years when my wife didn't know that I could have come home, but I was at the, I was out drinking. So I would leave work and instead of coming home, I would just go get shit faced or and then and then I would have a friend of mine drive me home Um but my and I would but I, or I would sober up before I would go home, and then I would just tell my wife I didn't feel good or whatever. So I literally held, I literally hid, hid, I hid alcoholism for like two years straight, um, and from my wife, and and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because bro, there's there's sergeant majors who's been through this duty. There's first sergeants, master guns, people who've lost their families, their lives, all this stuff. But you know what I've never had happen. I've never had an 8412 or an 8411 
stand in front of an organization and just talk about how they got through it. Because I'm telling you right now, what's more important, listening to a PowerPoint, watching some dude talk about a PowerPoint, or someone telling me his life story about how he got through depression, anxiety, panic attacks. Like this, you got these master guns, right? You're, you're not. You're, you're telling me that that dude never went through alcoholism. You're telling me that that dude never had a panic attack into in his car at five a.m. at Meps. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. They all have, but nobody shares those stories. Nobody shares those stories about the problems they had. But if they did, things would be a lot different. And and it's very easy. And I'm again, this isn't on me too. It's very easy for us to forget where we came from and what we've been through. Yeah. Because when someone else, it's always easy to point the finger. So it's like, hey, motherfucker, why are you doing this? But then a minute, but all of a sudden, like my bro, my wife, my wife humbles me all the time. She'll be like, Doug, you're yelling at him for doing that, but you did it. She'll be like, you did that. You don't remember that? She's like, she'll be like, you did that. I remember you did it because I was there when you did it. And she'll be like, you need, you need to go over there and apologize. Or she's like, you need to remember who the fuck you really are. Because again, you're either living the legend or you're living off the legend. And that's the reality of it, bro. Is that there's so many people out there who you re- and I, I don't know if you've witnessed this, but I've witnessed it. You meet people and you're like, bro, this is a good dude, and he got you fooled. And then all of a sudden, you find out from other Marines or other people that that dude, no, nah, that dude's a motherfucking wolf, and he's not a good dude, and he actually just fucked your career over. Or he gave you that promise of, hey, you're gonna be good, and I got you. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's people out there you got to be careful of. And and really, the reason why I'm just talking about this is, again, like the Master Gun said, man, you got to either live live the legend or just don't. Be the motherfucker that legend's about and, and create your own legend. But just be true to who you are and, and, and fucking, I'm going to call it the Quay way. Just you got to do that shit the Quay way. You know I mean? So, my question for you, Quay, would be, um, you know, right now we're, we're kind of, we've been going for a minute. Um, but if there was anything that you could say to, you know, a recruiter that's going to be coming out here or the recruiter who just got told he got hissed or the recruiter who's at BRC right now and either in San Diego, like that dude who's about to come out on these streets, is there any advice that you could give him? Um, what would you say? Um, read tie-ins for life and fanatical prospecting. Mm, great book. I never read the t- uh, ties and time for like, but I read fanatical prospecting and I wish I read that book for four years ago because that shit would have made my recruiting career so <laughs> much easier, bro. Yeah. Like, and, like no lie, bro. Read that freaking book and the other book by him called, I think it's like objectives or something like that. Objections. That book too. Same thing as great book by him. But, um, so what else you got? <clears throat> Man, prospect, prospect, prospect. Don't stop. <laughs> don't look, don't stop prospecting and wake up. And when it don't feel like it, just remember, you, you're going to change somebody's life. If you put them in the Marine Corps, you don't put them in the Marine Corps, they will, something that you say, life in the decision, direction that they go. And, bro, I, I just, I wholeheartedly believe that. Just wake up and, and believe that you're going to change somebody's life like somebody did for you because had your recruiter not showed up, like, where would you be? You know what I mean? Where, where would we be had, had they not showed up, had they not? made the phone call, had they not fucking did the home visit, had they not took the chance, like, where where would you be in life? Like, just believe that you're going to change somebody's life, like, wholeheartedly. And just, and get out there and do that. Don't look at them like numbers. 
Don't don't bone roll like they they not they not contracts. They human beings, but at the same time, it's a business dealing with people. So it's a fine line, and I understand that. But just understand the difference and and get out there and change somebody's life, man. Like regardless Bro. of what you're going through, that's it. Bro, I, I like what you, I like, you know, that's a good way to end it because it's the reality of it, man. Me and my boy talked about that on the other podcast. Like, bro, it's so true that people just get so caught up in the numbers and the monotonous parts of it to where, you know, it's, and me, and people make jokes, you know, about, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's human trafficking. And the reality of it is, is that when you forget that you're in the people business and you forget about the simple fact that you're dealing with somebody's son or daughter and it just becomes about a number and it just comes about a quick shipper and it just becomes about a quick contract, then you you simply forget about the fact that these are people that you're dealing with, you know? And it, it's just so true with what you're saying because you have to be genuine. You have to believe, you know, in, in who you are and, and you got to have that that authenticity about you because people can see right through it and... You know, I'm glad that you kind of ended it that way, man. Um, so, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we end this, or, or are you are you good? Like, what do you got? Nah, bro. Um, if any Marines has come to Jacksonville, North Carolina, I'm a realtor. Oh Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. To... Hold on, before yeah, yeah. before I yeah, yeah. forgot forgot all about that. So how did um so how that happen? How did you you know how did this whole thing with you becoming a realtor happen? Like, why did you feel like you know that was where you were being called to? Like, what happened with that? Um, just caring about people, bro. My, my, so I'm a homeowner. Uh, my first home I bought in 2014, my, my actual realtor, then she, she just you, didn't, didn't care, man. Like after she got us the home and I got orders to Okinawa a couple mm-hmm. of months later, like I called her, no call back, no, none of that. So bad taste in my mouth when it came to that. And then like the one that I'm currently living in now, when it came time to buy it, I needed help because I was doing a workup to go to Bridgeport and the realtor that helped us out. Like once she got us under contract, like she stopped caring. And I was like, damn, like that's, that's kind of fucked up, man. So my, my, it was, you know, I purchased something that's, that will become an asset because the Marine Corps gives you BA, give you, give you a basic housing allowance. Um, utilize that. You know what I mean? Like if you could go, Every year, you could purchase a property, move to a different state duty station, put somebody in it, let them pay the rent, let them pay, let them pay the mortgage, and let them pay you, and then over time collect massive numbers of properties. I mean, like, and you and you find yourself doing in the Marine Corps not because you need it, because you want to. Like, what would you actually do with that that shot right there? So, um, I just wanted to expose. Not just my kids, but everybody to it, and, and just be a be a blessing and be able to help somebody, man. Um, cop the biggest asset of their life, and <laughs> I'm about to buy a property number three real soon, and four, and five, and six, and just keep going with it, bro. That's one of the best investments you can ever make. So, okay, so middle, you, man. so you got it to just so kind of already what you've been talking about is just the authenticity yeah. of things, and you just you did the same thing you did in the Marine Corps. You love people, you love helping people, you love being authentic, you love changing lives. So now you were like, hey, I'm going to go and do it the Quay way, and I'm going to be a realtor. Bro. I love it, man. Absolutely. I love it. But uh, I don't, I'm not moving to North Carolina yet. My wife's, <laughs> we're talking about it because I have my, my sister-in-law who just moved out there. 
um and they live uh i don't know where they live at but um they have they already have two houses they bought a beach house and then they have a house of their own um and i hear great things about it so maybe one of these days i'll, I'll catch up with you over there but um but hey quay i really appreciate you i appreciate you being on the podcast i really appreciate you reaching out to me um if you know anybody else that wants to pop on or if you know you know if there's ever anything else you want to talk about you know or you just want to talk about whatever the hell it is whether it's marine corps or anything related you know i'm down to do that too so um you know you got my number and i appreciate you coming on the podcast bro for sure brother i appreciate the opportunity all right brother one love one love